Today we continue our family talk, and last couple of weeks we went over parenting. I also just want to say is thanks to those of you who are grandparents who said, you know what, there was some value in sitting through messages. It helps me to look at ways that I can love on our grandchildren and just understanding people that I work with. And when we go through a series of messages like this, sometimes it's, it's easy to check out thinking that this doesn't apply to me, but the whole counsel of God encourages us to talk about family issues. And today we have an opportunity to address another very relevant subject. Every single one of us is a child. Every single one of us have parents in some form or fashion. Some of you have been adopted. Some of you have been placed in foster homes. But the reality is, we'll look today, there is a way for you and I and for us to honor our fathers and our mothers. Very basic principle in scripture. It's a valuable one to set as a standard as the parents and the fathers and mothers of the home. It's valuable for children and teens and all ages. It's valuable for you to continue to honor your father and mother even when they've passed. There's ways to do that. And there's only, it's the only commandment in the Bible that has a promise attached to it. And so I'm always looking for ways personally for ways to honor my mother and my father. There was a quote I read recently that really captures the truth that happens when you become an adult and your, your parent passes. And the quote was this, love your parents and honor them for you will only know their value when you see their empty chair. And sometimes we don't know what we had or what we, we could have done until they've passed. A few weeks ago, my wife and I headed back to Hagerstown, Maryland, it's my hometown, to visit with my mom just for a quick visit Want to just encourage your heart and spend time with her. The majority of you know, and some don't, that my mom has Alzheimer's. And so she has been in a home that cares for her and we care for her. And, and so on our visits, we have an opportunity to, 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 to spend time with her. She'll repeat questions, the same question, 10 or 11 times. And I'll answer it 10 or 11 times because that's my mom. And the beauty that we found in this journey that I don't think we would have found had we not walked through it was this. My mom is able to live in the moment. She doesn't remember the sins and regrets from the past. It's as if she wakes up every day and it's a new day. Her, the mercies of God are new every day. Even her mind is new every single day. What a gift that would be if we too were able to do as God does, it tells us in scripture, to choose not to remember our sins anymore. And so we live in the moment. And what happens with someone has dementia or Alzheimer's they often repeat what they've always done. And so you'll find, if you walk through it like we have, that your parents will do things that they've always done, say things they've always said, and repeat action that they've always repeated. On our last visit there, as Ann and I were sitting on the bed with my mom, repeating stories and singing some hymns and, and singing some songs that she enjoyed, Petula Clark from the early days, we, we were about ready to leave, and I said, hey, Mom, I would like to pray with you. And she said, no, Jimmy, I want to pray for you. So my mom took my hand and she took my wife's hand and, and she prayed these words. And in that moment, I believe it was the spirit of God that prompted me to grab my phone and hit record. This was her prayer for us. Listen to my mother. Thank you, God, for choosing us to be here today, all of us, mm -hmm. because it's wonderful, mm -hmm. it's beautiful, just knowing that 
someone cares like this and we care for them. We love you, God. Mm -hmm. And we thank you for what you've done for us. And we'll never stop thanking you. Mm -hmm. And we pray, God, that when we all get together in heaven, it won't just be a, hmm. something that we take for granted. Mm -hmm. We could never do that. Mm -hmm. Because it belongs to us and we can't give it up. Mm -hmm. Thank you, God. Thank you for this moment, this beautiful, wonderful moment. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. It was a great moment to share with my mom. And I love some of the words. I listened to it over and over and over. But she captures something in that moment that even she felt in that moment. Thank you that there are people who care for me and I can care for them. And one of the ways that we honor our parents is by caring for them and letting them know that they're valuable. The Word of God gives us this incredible truth in regards to how we should honor and why we should honor our fathers and our mothers. Grab your Bibles and turn to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. And if you need a Bible, hold your hand up. Our ushers will be glad to put one in your hand. And we're going to read this commandment together today. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12. Would you stand with me as we read this together? Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12. Let's read this together out loud. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12. Read it with me. Ready? Read. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Read it again, please. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You may have a seat. A long time ago, God decided, not only decided, but knew from the foundation of the world, he predestined that this would be part of Scripture, which is an inerrant, infallible word of God. He decided that it would include these Ten Commandments. He sent Moses up on the, the mountaintop, and he even inscribed it in stone because they were so important. And in the midst of this, these commandments is this one that has, that has a promise attached to it. It's the only commandment that is written that has a promise. If you do this, you should do this, then this plays out in your life. And so just hit the pause button there. This is a commandment, by the way. It's not a suggestion or choice to honor your father and mother. It says, I command you to do so. And if you do so, he says this, that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is given to you. He's saying the quality and the quantity of your life is impacted by the way we honor our fathers and our mothers. Paul, knowing this was written, said this later in the New Testament. Turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Same principle, just phrased just a little bit differently. Paul, who wrote 13 books of the New Testament... He wrote this, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. You'll see Ephesians. But turn to Ephesians chapter 6 and look at verses 1 to 3. Just follow along as I read it. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is what? Right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment, with a what? Promise. So that it may go what? What's the word? Well with you and that you may enjoy what kind of life? Long life, where? On the earth. 
So there is this promise that's attached. We can enjoy long life on planet Earth. And you might say, why? Pastor Jim, why, why do I want to live long and why do I want to live well? Well, the primary reason that we are here when you get married, your responsibility and my responsibility is to make disciples. And so the longer that we're here, the more opportunity and chance we have is to point people to Jesus Christ. That's our intent. That's our purpose. Jesus came to seek and save lost people. And so he says, honor your father and your mother, not complain your parents, not curse your parents, not criticize your parents, not ignore your parents, not make fun of your parents, not compare your parents, not wish your parents were like someone else's, not talk about your parents in disparaging way. Just ask this question to yourself. You don't need to raise your hand. Do you honor your father and your mother? You know, if we were to ask our parents that very question, what might they say? Would they say, yes, my son, my daughter, they do honor me. I take this very seriously, and I think we all should because it's a commandment that God has written. I take it seriously, and my hope is this as a son, that my parents will always know and will have always known. My dad went to be with the Lord about 15 months ago. That Jimmy, that's what they call me, honored and loved and respected and deferred to me. My hope is that somehow by the actions of my life, that somehow my parents will always know that I've honored them. And here's the primary reason, because when I do that, I I honor God and, and I bless his name. And then in turn, there's a promise that's attached to that, that I can live long and well so that I have more of an opportunity to impact the kingdom that's here and turn them into Jesus following people. A reality in the world that we live in really makes some of these principles more challenging, not impossible. We live in a world where 50% of our families are blended families. 50% of our families have, have divorced husbands and wives. And so I believe this with all of my heart that somehow, in some way, that we can continue to do this. Most of you know, some of you might not. I'm a product, and I, 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 I praise God that... As a young boy, four and a half years old, that, that I walked through a challenging time of divorce and, and remarriage, but because of God's grace and his love and his mercy, today I stand and I have had a stepfather that loves Jesus and a father that loves Jesus. And my parents did a phenomenal job of helping us to be able to love our parents. Let me just say a few things when it comes to blended families Because of this, the way that you treat your exes can cause or dampen and even squash the ability for your children to be able to honor their mother and their father. Here's a couple thoughts that I want to just throw out there to blended families. Children need both their mom and dad as parents. And the divorce is probably the biggest challenge they will face and you will encounter. Let me say it this way. Their mom and their dad is not ex-dad and ex-mom. It might be your ex-husband and your ex-wife, but that's still their mama and their daddy. 
And don't ever force your child to call them or treat them or see them as an ex. That is their dad. That is their mom. And it will always be. Another principle to navigate through the challenging difficulties of blended families. Parents who openly grieve over their children's visits to the other home create stress and guilt that make a heavy emotional load for their children to bear. And the children are made to feel they are abandoning their parents. You are setting the stage for them to come up short and fulfilling this commandment that says, I will honor my mother and my father. Even though you're grieving and you don't want them to go there, that is their dad, that is their mom. And if the situation is a good situation, let them spend time with dad and mom. Be the adult in the situation and lovingly guide your children who for the first time emotionally are dealing with something they've never ever thought was they were going to walk through. Another reality regarded blended families. Parents who offer what is forbidden in other homes encourage disobedience and deception in their children. Well, mom says I can do this, but dad, why don't you? Well, dad lets me when I'm at his house play this, but mom, why don't you? Can you see how you can help, assist, and allow your children not to choose sides, but to equally honor each other? You are the adults. You help them navigate through these challenging waters that they've never experienced before. A couple other principles. Children who hear one parent criticize the other become defensive or almost alienated from a healthy relationship with that parent. You know why? Because you've given them permission to alienate themselves from you. You're saying, this is how you can treat someone. And so if you remain alienated, criticizing, you have given your child, we reap what we sow. God says, do not be mocked. God cannot be, be mocked. You reap what you sow. And so when you allow you to do that, you are giving open permission for your children, alienating them from you or from their dad. Children are not weapons to be used to get back at a former spouse. Every negative word children hear their parents say destroys a part, hear me, hear me, of that child. Well, you might say, yeah, but I was talking about him, and I was talking, don't you know what they did? Listen, when you speak about their dad and mom, you are putting a knife in their hearts. You have placed walls where there shouldn't be walls. Another reality, while parents eagerly look forward to a new family situation, new marriage, new husband, new wife, they may find their children are not now and it are stranded across an emotional divide. Why? Because think about it. Your heart has already been thinking about this person and you've been praying about this person and you spent time and you've been corresponding, you've been on dates and you've been investing time and your child is just like coming along and probably if they were honest, many of them are saying, I hope you don't marry that person. 
And so you walk into this relationship, you're in a good spot, your child is on shaky ground. I remember walking through and thinking, that's not my dad. My dad is over there. And I remember my mom navigating us through that difficult, and I remember my stepfather stepping in. I was four. This was 50 years ago. I remember watching them navigate and saying, we will not cause a divide that our children have to choose. Another reality is this. Please, parents, pray often that God will give you a soft, tender heart for these precious children who are now called, in your mind, stepchildren. Listen, hear me out. They might not be your blood and your DNA, but because of your situation in life, you love them. You care for them when they're with you. You pray for them. This is part of the incredible package of this blended family. You do all you can do. Don't ever have them pull away because you have chosen not to love and care for them. My stepfather, I tell you this today, he's dad to me. He walked into my life as five years old. And he has taught me what it means to love and care for a woman and what it means to to be a husband and a dad and what it means to build and shape. And my dad, he, he got saved when I was 18. I ended up with two dads that loved Jesus Christ. It can be something beautiful. I often say this, it took two dads for me. That is funny, I would agree. Let's define the word honor. Here's what it means. So it's Pastor Jim, okay? Talk a lot about honor. What does it mean? It means to defer. Like, I love this. So, Pastor Jim, how do you defer? Like, defer what? It means when mom and dad are in the room, hear me out, and you're a child, you're a child at home. You're not, you haven't been released out. You're not the adult. You're not adulting. You're under their care, the home. It means when they're in the room and, and, and they have an opinion and you ask them a question, you defer to them and you say, you know what? You are much wiser. You have walked where I haven't walked. You have probably spent more years praying about this very thing that we're talking about. So if we need an answer to this, I defer to you. That's honor. Why? Because they're your mother and father. And they want to do what's best for you. What does honor mean? It means to respect. It means when they're in your room and and they're in your conversations and you're all by yourself and mom and dad comes up, you talk about them with a word of respect. You honor them with your words. You speak good things about them. You never talk in a disparaging way about your parents. You respect their position of authority. You say, you are the authority in my life. And because I am under your home, I submit myself to your authority. I defer to you. And you know what you find when you're an adult one day and you're a parent? They were mostly right. Honor means to love and have appreciation for something. 
It's to place value on someone or something. And you might say, Pastor Jim, you don't know my situation. I don't know everyone's situation. But here's what I do know from the word of God. There must be a way to obey this commandment no, no matter how difficult or painful your past has been. Otherwise, God would have never put it in the Bible. There's got to be a way. Look at some of the reminders in Scripture in the Old Testament. Listen to some of these reminders about honoring and, and loving and obeying our parents. Pro, just listen. Proverbs 20, 20 says this. If a man curses his father or mother... His lamp will be snuffed out in pitch darkness. So, so moms and dads, go ahead and post that out and put it at the end of your kid's bed tonight. <laughs> and say, I want you to memorize that. Pitched out and snuffed out in darkness. Proverbs 30, 17 says this. The eye that mocks a father, that scorns obedience to a mother, will be pecked out by the ravens of the valley will be eaten by the vultures. Okay. Sunday morning or Sunday lunch. Moms, just wink at your kid and open up your Bible and read that. Say, that's what could happen to you. <laughs> Exodus 21, 15. Anyone, it says, anyone who attacks his father or mother, anyone must be put to death. There was a standard. I love when people say, let's go, Pastor Jim, I wish we could go back to the, the book of Acts, and I wish we could go back and live like they did in the Old Testament. I wish we could take the principles, and we just, we just live. Okay, let's go. Ready to go? How many of us would still be around? <laughs> Praise God for grace. You see, God had our best interests in mind when he wrote this commandment and he attached a great promise to it. So let me give you some clarification because I know, I know, I, I spend time with, with you and I know what kind of questions surface and I know hypothetically you're already saying, but pastor, but, but Jim, but, you, you, I got, okay, here's the clarification. It does not say honor your parents if they are honorable. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say honor your parents if they deserve it. It doesn't say honor your parents if they treated you right. It just says honor your parents and the Lord, period. You say your parents' failure to be all they should have been does not excuse you from honoring them. You might say, Pastor Jim, you don't know my situation, and I don't, and I know some, and they're, they're horrible, and I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you've had to walk through this just horrible, sinful, and my heart breaks. I, I, it really does. And I've, I've prayed and cried with many of you, and, I, and I'm sorry you had to walk through that. So you might say, Pastor Jim, how can I honor my parent when he did that to me, when they neglected me, when they threw me out, when they, here it is, here at the minimum, here's what you can do. You can wake up tomorrow morning and praise God they gave you life. You're here. You get to experience all this. You have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You get to spend eternity with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And for some of you, you even have families you get to enjoy. You get to be hanging out with brothers and sisters in Christ. You get a chance to live on planet Earth and tell the world about Jesus Christ. Why? Because at some point in your life, mom and dad gave you life. At the minimum, 
Praise God for that. That's a good praise. Maybe the very reason your own children are choosing not to respect and honor you is because you reap what you sow. You see, if we don't honor our parents and we criticize and we talk about and we don't take time to find ways to show them that we love them, then how in the world will we ever model? Like Cam said in that video, I love what he said, look for someone who's doing what, that's doing it right, obviously following after Jesus, and go do what they're doing. And if your children are looking at what you're doing, the greatest example that you'll ever be to your child is by living out your faith. Your actions are far more valuable than your words. And if your actions don't line up with your words, I'll tell you what, they won't follow your actions. And so if you are criticizing, if you are tearing down, you have just said to your children, it's okay to do that. If you ever struggle in honoring your parents and feel like they're not deserving of your forgiveness, here's what I tell you to do. Just go to the cross and just spend some time there and say, thank you, Jesus. I did this and I did that. And you know what? You didn't hold that against me. You took it all the cross. You died for my present sin, my future sins, my past sins. And you even said, Jesus, if we trust in you and believe in your name and repent of our sins, that we will be saved. The only thing that you and I had to offer God for our salvation, hear me out, was our sin. That's it. And if you struggle and say, well, well, they did this and they did that, just go back to the cross daily and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Give me perspective. My sins took Jesus to the cross and killed him. If you don't forgive, then the sin that once lived in them, your parents, now remains in you and is transmuted or transmitted through bitterness. Here's what happens. You carry that guilt or you carry that, that bitterness and that resentment. You carry it against them and you're still angry. You're mad because they did this and they did that. They didn't let you go there. They were hard on you. They were legalistic. They kept you here when everyone else got to go to the prom. You didn't get to drive until you were 18. You had to eat, you had to eat turnip greens and onions your whole life, whatever it is. You know the list. And if you carry that resentment, you know what you do? That's what you give out to your kids. It's transmuted and transmitted right to them in your actions. And some of them are gone. Some of our parents are gone, long gone, and we're still mad, angry, upset. And we haven't handed over to God and say, Lord, I forgive them. You might say, Pastor Jim, how can I do that? I often tell people this. If your parent still isn't alive and there's something in your past that keeps popping back up, get a piece of paper and write down and take a pen and just write. I say do it by hand, not on, not on the computer. Write it out. I forgive my mom and my dad for this. I no longer will carry this because of what Christ has done for me. I will do for them. In Jesus' name, amen. And take that letter and hand it off as an offering to God. Go outside and burn it in a fire. Never, ever have to deal with it again. There's so much freedom in that. Honor comes from the way we choose to talk about them. 
Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So take the high road, take the extra road, take the godly road. If you don't have anything good to say, then say nothing. You can honor your mom and dad by refusing to speak evil of them. I'm sure a phone call or a letter or a text or even a letter that's written from, from your parents to you is, can be held on to and, 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 and just saying, Lord, I want to always be the person who initiates love. You will never realize how important an act of forgiveness or even an act of honoring them or love is to a grown parent. My dad, who passed away a little over a year ago, left his Bible behind. And one of my favorite things to do is, is to look at someone's Bible. And it's one of the reasons, and, and it, it is, it's, it's, it's a pitch for this. I still love the written word of God and having a, a Bible in my hand that I can mark up. There's something about like marking it up and, and, and I'm a visual learner, like I can go back. I love mobile devices and praise God for them. But for me personally, being a kinesthetic learner and a person who vis- is a visual learner, there's something powerful in my mind about having the written word of God on pages and be able to mark it up. I, I, I'll, I'll shut my commercial down. <laughs> but my dad, this is his Bible. Like, this means the world to me. I don't worship it. But it's a gift. Like, like all I wanted from my dad was his Bible. Because I wanted to see what was important to him. Like, I've handed one Bible down to my wife, and she absolutely loves it. She said, Jim, I can go back and see the seasons of life that you walked through and how you trusted God and what's important to you. And she said, I have this this marker for the rest of my life, and this Bible's all marked up. And and so I went to my dad's Bible, and and so I I just began to open it up, and, and I wanted to see... What was important to my dad? I wanted to see where, where he found hope. And, and so I opened it up, and, and, and I read it at his funeral, too, um, because I was able to do his funeral. And my dad, he had it highlighted, like very few passages, but this was one of them. And this is what my dad highlighted. 1 Timothy 5, 8. If anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. My dad did the best job of loving his family. And when I was looking there, I didn't even realize it, but on that same page, there was this yellow piece of paper that was stuck in the Bible. And so I opened it up, and this is what it says. This was a value to my father. It says, hey, Dad, I just wanted you to know that I love you dearly. I would never be the man I am today without your investment in my life. I find myself thinking about this a lot these days and how proud I am to be your son. I want you to know that I will always serve God until I die. Thank you for loving me and Ann and Josh, Hannah and Isaiah in such powerful ways. I am proud to carry the brown name on my back. I love you, Jim. Why do I tell you that? Not to boast in me, but to show you how valuable and important a word from your kids to your parents is. Like, 
What is something you could do today to honor, even in their passing? Maybe, wouldn't it be awesome? Like, wouldn't it be awesome if there was a groundswell from teenagers? Like, I just, we got the best teens in the world here at Grace Community Access Youth Group. I love them to pieces. Great leadership, great, great, great adult volunteer. Pastor Jordan's doing a phenomenal job. Wouldn't it be awesome if our teens led the way in honoring their parents? Wouldn't it be awesome if social media, Twitter, and Snapchat filled up with, with hashtag best parents ever? <laughs> Wouldn't it be awesome if, if the groundswell was, you know what, for no reason, I just love my mom and my dad. Praise God. What would happen if the influence in the schools came from teens leading the way? Hear me out, teens. When you honor your mother and your father, you will live long and you will live well. There's a promise attached to that. What if we as parents, instead of passing on political posts and retweeting junk and, and, and reposting and resharing, just said, I just want to praise God that God gave me parents in my life. They gave me, they birthed me, and I know Jesus Christ, and I live here. Or this is what my mom and, what would happen if, if we kept their name alive and we continued to honor them? I'll tell you what would happen. We would live long, and we would live well, and the world would come to Jesus because that is totally against culture. Why not? There are different stages of honor too, depending upon the season of life. You see, in the early child years, some of your children here, you say, how can I honor my mom and my dad? You obey what they say. <laughs> You're in the room, they're the authority, they're the parent, and they want you to do something. Here's how you honor them. They say something, go make your bed. Yes, mom. Yes, dad. And you go make your bed. It's not, oh, ah, you just do it. Adolescent years. How can you honor your mother and your father? You respect them. You talk about them well. You don't yell at them and stomp out of the room and slam the door. You see, every time you slam the door and stomp out of the room, you shortened your life. Huh? How about some amens from the teens? You don't call them stupid on social media. Or text your friend and say, I wish I had your parents. You love them. You honor them in every chance you get while they're alive. You say thank you for being my mom and my dad. That's honor. Because one day there will be an empty chair in your life, and you'll never again be able to say I love you. You see, we can begin that today. How do you do that in your adult years? How do you honor your parents? Well, you care for them with dignity and respect. You're not the little boy or girl anymore. So how do you do it as an adult? You listen and consider what they say. Hear me out. You don't have to obey it. But you listen and consider what they have to say. And so, listen, advice is cheap, by the way. You could go in your workplace and you could get counsel from the guy or gal beside you. And hear me out. 
They'll tell you to leave. They'll tell you because they can leave and go home and not have to deal with the consequences of the decisions that you chose to make. But your mom and dad still do. (laughs) And so you listen to them. And you might not like what they're saying, so you take time and you pray and you say, Holy Spirit, whether I turn to my right or left, my ears will hear a voice behind me saying, this is the way. But if you want counsel, go to your godly parents and take that counsel. They have been where you've been. They, they, they have prayed for your life. They want what's best for you. At least consider what they say. If you want good advice, go to people who trust in Jesus Christ. How else can you honor your parents in your adult years? You take care of them. It's not the government's responsibility for for someone else to care for your family. In fact, it might cost you some money. (laughs) And we've walked through this. and, And you know what? One of the things I found my role to my stepfather has been this. Because masculinity can only be bestowed from one man to another. I have gone to my 86-year-old stepfather, who I love dearly, and I'm so grateful for him. And I've looked at him when we had to walk through that very challenging time of he was brokenhearted. He can hardly walk because he has neuropathy in his legs, and it was a challenging time as mom was walking through. And I looked at him, I said, listen, Andy, everything that you have done, you've done well. You are an amazing husband. You are a godly dad. I am proud to be your son. I praise God for the example you have set in this world as a man of God. Tears running down his face. Why? Because masculinity can only be bestowed from one man to another. I told him I was proud of him. Why? I cannot tell you how many times he spoke those same words to me when I was small. The rows get flipped. Whenever you get a chance, speak highly of them. Maybe, maybe the best way to honor them is by becoming the father or mother you wish you always had. In the New Testament, we read in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 to 3, the Greek word honor is the Greek word tomeo. And here's what it means. It could be translated to care for them financially. You see, as your parents age, their health fades and their, and, and their, fades and their, and their wealth lessens and your roles reverse. We get a chance. Hear me out. It's not always Social Security's responsibility. It's you and me. One of the best ways we can honor is by making sure, think back, how many diapers did your parents change for you? How many, how many clothes did they put on your back? How many shoes did they put on your feet? How much money did they invest in you to become the person? It's our chance to give back. And I'll guarantee you, when they walk through that, they didn't have much. So why should we when they're walking through a difficult time? Even if it means you dig into your 401. Why? Because it's your mom and your dad and they need you. Amen? John chapter 19 says this. If you don't think it's important, turn to John chapter 19. Jesus, on his last breath of oxygen on planet Earth, before he gave up the ghost and said, it is finished. Look what Jesus did. 
I love going to Jesus. I like, like, I'm going to do what he's doing. If I need to follow someone, I'm going to do what he did. There's the example. John chapter 19, verse 25 says, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, his aunt, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his what there? And the disciple whom he loved, John, standing nearby, he said to her, to who? Who did he say to? His, his mother. He said, woman, here is your what? And to the disciple John, he says, here is your what? And from that time on, the disciple took her into his home. Hear me out. He could have said anything. He could have, he could have given another command. He could have, he could have said a, a zillion things before he died. But think about this. When Jesus was dying on the cross, his mom was on his mind. And he looked down at mom and he said, John, listen, John, you take care of mom. And he looked at his mom and said, mom, there's your new son. And I know that John would have come alongside Even in his passing, if you don't think Jesus didn't think this commandment was important, then just look at brutally murdered, brutally blood dripping from his veins and arms. He was, he was, he was, he was full of pain, just dying on his last, gasping for air. And his last words before he said, I'm thirsty and it is finished. I got to make sure mom's taken care of. Do you? When's the last time you called your mom or even talked to your dad? Honoring your parents offers incredible favor and blessing on your future. You live long, you live well. What's well? Good and proper and successful and thriving. Jim Brown paraphrase, give me some of that. Why? So that I can make a difference for the kingdom. Long, the intended length. For you see, bitterness and resentment and lack of relationships causes death and destruction. It's an obedience issue. And so are you and I making a conscious effort to honor our mothers and our fathers? Whatever will honor God and what is glorifying to God is good for us. The quality of your life will be richer and the quantity of your life will be longer by doing so. I'm serious. Anytime I watch a strained relationship between a child and a parent, I often wonder this. I'm just being very, very, this is Jim thinking. How much they've shortened their life and how their life will be impacted, the quality of it, by choosing to dishonor their mother and their father. As I stood at my dad's grave a little over a year ago, there was brown, brown, and brown. And I stood there with the brown family. I can honestly say this, and it's only by God's grace. I had no regrets. Why? Because my dad loved me, and I loved him to pieces. And the last conversation I had with my dad was on a telephone. I encourage you to do the same. Last time you talk with them, pray with your kids. And I said, Dad, 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 before I go, I want to pray with you, Dad. And so I prayed favor and blessing over his life. And I said, Dad, 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 
I was at a ball game with the staff. We were watching the Indians play. You could hardly hear. And I was saying, Dad, can you hear me? And I was praying out loud. And these guys were looking at me. Jail. And the last words my dad spoke to me when he, before he died one day later was, I love you, Jim, and I'm proud of you. Oh, Lord, help us. Help us to take this commandment seriously. And help us to create a groundswell of honor, respect, deferment, and value to our families. Why? So that you get glory. And people look and say, how can you do that? And you can say, and we can say, because the love of Christ lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. See you next week.